school. And I'll say high school. <coughs> I'll let my college folks and teachers off. Through mm -hmm. high school, elementary school. Come right up here and sit one of these two for me real quick. Y'all going to help me this morning. Church, now you pay close attention. These youngers will teach us something maybe this morning. Uh, we appreciate them. Now, I want you to see how the Lord has blessed us. Amen. I want you to see how good things He's doing for us here. I was thinking about, and there's a couple we ain't even got here that's usually here, so I was thinking how blessed we are a church to have these young people. Y'all going to help me though this morning. We're going we're gonna to look. Uh, maybe I can teach for just a moment, and then we'll see what the Lord will do with the preaching at the end. But if y'all would just help me. I want y'all to help me to discuss uh, uh, two kings. There were two kings in the Bible. And... And one of them was a good king and one of them was not such a good king. And I'd like us to compare these two kings and, and maybe figure out which one was good and which one was bad and why. Those of you who have your Bibles and y'all want to turn, we're going to be in the book of 2 Kings and we're going to cover a few different places, chapters 21, 22, and 23. Which one of you is close to eight years old? Eight years old. Are you eight? How old are you? You're getting real close. All right, I need you to come sit on this side over here. Sit over here for me. Eight years old. All right, all right. Just sit right there on the altar so they all see you. Yes, right there. That's perfect. There was a king in the Bible who become king, like he was in charge when he was eight years old. How would you like to be in charge? Like you could tell them what to do. I wouldn't like to. You wouldn't like to be in charge. You know what? I don't blame you. Being in charge is hard. Can you imagine what it was like for a young ruler at the age of eight to take over? Do you think that you would be a good king or a bad king? How would you be at being a king? Would you be a good king? A bad king? I'd rather be a good king. He'd, he'd rather be a good king. I like that. That sounds good. I, I think you might do it. You stay right there. There was another king. He's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. Could y'all imagine an eight-year-old ruler? Some people may think that that's what we got now. I don't know. Um, there was a, another king who was 12 when he started ruling. Who's close to 12? How, how old are you? Okay. How old are you? How old are you? We got three eleven-year-olds. All right, when's your birthday? August, what's your birthday? So you're like the oldest? Are you the oldest? Or no, you're, you're fixing to turn 12? I'm fixing to turn 11. Awesome. That you made you guys sit here. I figured it was going to be you. I thought it was you. I wasn't. 12 years old. How would you feel to be king at 12 years old? I wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like it either. Right. They didn't have a choice, you know. I mean, they, their fathers died and the rule turned to them. Would you be a good king or would you be a bad king? No idea. He wants to be a good king. He's just not sure. That's a real honest answer. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes, right? Great wisdom comes. You know, the reality is, is that probably most of our leaders today and most of the older kings, they think they know what to do. 
and true leadership and true ability to rule actually comes in humility. So actually it's not actually probably a bad thing because typically young people understand that it's bigger than they are. All right, so we have an eight-year-old king and a 12-year-old king. And one of them turns out to be really good, and one of you is going to be really, really bad. Okay, just so y'all know. All right, so now I got y'all. Don't you? I ain't leaving y'all yet. I'm going to read about these two from the Bible, and I want y'all to tell me which one is the good king and which one is the bad king. Okay. All right. Let's start. Let's let's start with the eight-year-old king in the book. A second Kings and the twenty-second chapter, so two Kings, two two. So Second Kings chapter twenty-two is a king named Josiah. That's what your name is, Josiah. You remember that? Josiah was eight years old. It tells us in the first verse when he began to reign, and he reigned for thirty-one years. So you get to live a long time. Thirty-one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jediah, the daughter of Adiah of Bosgath. All right, here's the, here's the key verse. Are y'all listening? Because y'all got ten. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the way of David his father and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Now let's hear what they say about you. So was he a good king or a bad king? He did that that was right, right? That's good, right? He did the right stuff. He made the right choices. Eight years old, and the Bible says he did good things. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. We'll talk about what you did in just a minute. Let's talk about this, that, uh-oh. I said there was one good, and there was one bad. Oh man, a twelve year old. You can't trust a twelve year old. It looks like we already know who's the bad. I think you're right. So let's read. His name was Manasseh. That you got to back up a chapter twenty one. He's in the chapter before. So twenty two was Josiah. Twenty one is Manasseh. Bible says in Manasseh, uh, Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hephzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. After the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So what do we know about him? He is evil. He's good and evil. Okay. Alright, so here's the question. Both of them are young. Both of them come from the same family line. Why? Why was one good and one bad? What made one do right and the other do wrong? All right, y'all can all go back to your seats. Y'all did a great job. Thank you very much. Could y'all imagine having rulers that were 12 years old and 8 years old? But it brings up this question, alright? So young people, I'm still talking to you. There's still good stuff here for you. Let's look in chapter 22. What did uh, young Josiah do? The Bible tells us uh, that he uh, decided that he needed to fix up the Lord's house. 
Uh, he needed to fix the temple up. It was broken. There were places in the walls. It was dusty and they hadn't used it in a long time. Uh, you read back several chapters and you'll find out that for a long time in his father's time and in his grandfather's time, they didn't take care of the Lord's house. And it fell into disrepair. So he told uh, the scribe, the guy taking the notes as he was standing there on his throne or sitting there on his throne, he told the guy taking notes of the scribe, he said, I want you to go to the chief priest, go to him, and tell him to get the money. Uh, everybody was paying their tithe, or if you will, they were giving their offering. He said, go get the money out of the church house so that we can fix it up. He wanted to do that that was right. Now, he's still just an eight-year-old boy when he started. How did he know to do that that was right? What, what caused him to say, we need to fix up the Lord's house? That, that's an interesting thought because it hadn't been done in a long time. Uh, so they tell the, the Bible tells us in chapter 22 that they went to the place wherever it was and they began to collect it. And the chief priest, while he was doing so, he looked and he, he kind of wherever he had it, he pulled out a book. A book that, that they hadn't had it dusted off. They hadn't even used it. A, a, a book. It would have been probably a scroll to them in that time. It would have been a scroll. But we would call it a book. And, and, and he got it out and he began to look at it. He was like, oh my goodness, this is the Word of God. This is God's Word. And it's been laying dusty, uh, hidden away. And we, didn't even, we hadn't even touched it in years. Uh, we didn't know it was there. Uh, some people's Bibles might be that way today. They've not touched them in years and they got dust on them and they, they don't ever get them out and open them up. And, and, and that's what they found. He said, you got to take this to the king. So, so he gives it to the scribe. The scribe takes it to the king and says, King, oh, while they were looking for the money to do their repairs on the church, they found this book and it's the Word of God. Let me read it to you. He began to read the Word to the king and the king ripped his clothes like ripped his clothes and began to cry well because they had not done these things that the Bible or the Word had told them to do. And so they were so upset. He was so upset. He said, we got we to get everybody together. We got to pray. We got to seek out what is God telling us. And he sought out the Word. And the Word said, y'all have not followed me. And because you've not followed me, bad things are coming your way. And he began to repent. He began to take out all the evil that was in the church house. He, he, they had all kinds of idols and things put up. They had different places of worship. They would have had the house of God, but next door to it, they would have had the devil's house right beside it. That, that's, not, that's not sort of kind of. That's exactly what they were doing. The house of Baal was built right beside it. They had to tear it down, burn it. They, they had another God that they were worshiping on this side. They had the gods of the suns and the moons and the stars and all those Roman and Greek gods. They had stuff for them. And he, he had to tear all that stuff down. He, he changed what was going on in their lives. But why? Why did he do it? He's an eight-year-old boy. Now, what, what made his life different? That he would be good but, but the other king who started at 12 was bad. Look in chapter 21 and look at Manasseh. Manasseh in chapter 21 verse 3 says, this is Manasseh the 12 year old evil king. For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed and he reared up altars for Baal and he made a grove and did 
Ahab king of as did Ahab king of Israel, and he worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them, and he built altars in the in the house of the Lord. He built altars to other gods in God's house. How would y'all feel today if we had this altar, but we also had an altar over here to the devil? That's what he did. Now think about that. Why? Why did one do good and the other do bad? Today, i tell you what society would say. Society would say, well, it has to do with things that happened in their past. It has to do with their parents. It's parents' fault. And let me just say, we got a lot of bad parents. We do. I thank God that I see around us some people I believe is making good parents. And I, I'm thankful that I do see that there's still people who care about their children and still bring them to church and raise them. But we got some bad parents. But I want you to see these two boys' parents. Manasseh, in chapter 21, who was the evil, the evil king, his father's name was Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was a great and good king. His father was good. His father taught him that these things were wrong. Yet that's what he did. So it definitely wasn't, it wasn't Manasseh's parenting that led him to go this way. Look at Josiah. Well, guess what? Manasseh is Josiah's grandfather. Josiah, the good king, his grandfather, was an evil king. Not only was his grandfather an evil king, his father was an evil, evil king. Read the end of chapter 21. Both of them were bad. So he come from a lineage of evil, and he was good. So it must not be, kids, that it's our parents that make us do wrong or do right. It must not be them. Even if they do wrong, it must not be them. Because Josiah, eight years old, chose right, even though he had bad parenting. You might say, well, maybe it's where they grew up. Maybe where they lived makes a difference. Because some people live on the other side of the tracks, right? And those people on the other side of the tracks, they're the ones always in trouble. Maybe that's the problem, right? Well, these two men were raised in the same house. Because, see, they were both kings. They lived in the king's house. So they were raised the same way in the same place. But one was good and the other was bad. Isn't that interesting? Can't be about money. A lot of people say, well, it's about money because if you don't have, then you've got to find some other way. You've got to steal. You've got you to find a better way. I, I, I can tell you this. I really don't believe that's true because what my Bible says is that God always takes care of His. And the Bible says that there's not one even went without that God had provided for. He, he will supply, the Bible says, all your needs. Right. So what I'm telling you is I don't believe that you're going to have to steal, kill to, to live or survive. I believe God will take care of you. So, so you can't say it's about money because both of these young men were raised in the king's house as young princes. So they both were well off. They both were taken care of. So it can't be what you have. Maybe we might say it's their experiences. Maybe some experience caused one of them to be good and the other to be evil. 
Well, let's remember one is eight and the other is 12. How many experiences have they had in their young princely lives that has affected them so that one would be good and the other would be bad? The only thing we haven't talked about here that the Bible tells us is, is their mothers. Now I want to say this. Moms, moms are very, very important and very, very special. They have a special place in young people's lives. And the Bible does show us places where that they can be influencers. But let me just say this to you. The moms still didn't make the decisions for them. Because when they become king, it was their responsibility to make the decisions. So the moms didn't make the decisions for them. So the question is, why? Why is one good and the other one bad? Why do you either do good things or do bad things? Why are some considered to be good kids and some considered to be bad kids. So all you guys that are in school, y'all know who the good kids are at school? Do you know who the bad kids are? Y'all got don't tell me their names. I say something y'all want to say. Don't 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 shut them out of me. You pray for them people. There's a reason why we know who they are though. Right? Because the good kids do good and the bad kids do bad. Right? Pretty pretty basic. What about us grown-ups? Y'all know any people that are just good? Just, I don't know, they just stand out as good. They, they seem to, they just can't help it, but they're just good. You know, some people that ain't. Some people that come short. And some of the things they do. Right? We're defined by the things we do. Josiah was a good king because of what he did right. Manasseh was an evil king because of what he did wrong. Alright, so everybody listen in. Lean in a little bit. Here's, here's the answer. Because the whole question the whole time has been, why? Why? Why is one brought, why are these two brought up in similar situations? So different. <coughs> Here's the answer. Because of the choices that they made. I'm going to tell you something really, really powerful right now. You get to choose who you are. Now I want you to know the devil will give you a whole bunch of excuses. The devil will say to you, this is just who you are. You was born this way. You, you'll always be this way. Your family was this way. The, the, the devil will give you a whole bunch of excuses. You never had anything. They, they didn't deserve what they had. They, were, they didn't treat you right. The, the devil will give you a lot of excuses, but the reality is, is you get to choose who you are. You get to choose. You get to choose. Listen to me. You get to choose to be saved when he knocks at your heart. You get to choose to follow him when he leads you. He'll drag you. You choose to follow him. You get to choose to be here on Sunday and praise him and worship. You get to choose to live like he lived. You get to choose 
to love people and to care for people. You get to choose to give to others when they don't have. You get to choose who you are. It's a real simple message. And, and let me just say, young people, seems like the adults haven't got it figured out either. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures and I'm going to close. Joshua 24, 15 says this. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on that side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will. I love Joshua. Because Joshua made a stand. He made a choice. He said, we will serve the Lord. Young people, can I tell you, in school you're going to be faced with troubles, heartaches, decisions. You're going to face trials that you don't know how to handle. But can I tell you this? You get a choice. Nobody can tell you. Nobody can force you. You get a choice. Can I say to you, those that are a little bit older young people, I'll call you that. You get to choose. You get to choose. You can't just say, I can't, I can't, the devil makes me, I can't, I can't. No, you get to choose. You can choose whether to follow after them, after the other, or follow after God. You get to choose. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived, and God is not mocked. Don't, no. Here's what he's saying. You're not going to fool God. Make a pretty picture on the outside, but on the inside, there's a lot of wrong going on. I make everybody think I'm a good Christian, but on the inside, I'm lost as all get outs. You're not going to fool God. He's not mocked. Listen to this. He says, For whatsoever a man soweth, whatever seeds you put in the ground, that shall he also reap. That's what's going to come out. You get to choose. You can choose to do good and see good. But you can't sow bad and see good. And you won't sow good and reap bad. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Aren't you glad that God gave you a choice? There's some people in this land that believe differently. They believe you're already determined where you're going, what you're going to be, what you're going to do. I'm telling you today, God gives you a choice. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever... You hear that? Whosoever. That's every one of us. That's whosoever. That's everybody. Right. Believe them shall have eternal life. Whoever wants to follow Him can follow Him. Whoever wants to choose Him can choose Him. You get to choose. So listen, you can't blame somebody else. Can't blame the devil. Can't blame your brother, sister. You can't blame mom and dad. You can't blame that you don't have this or that you do have that. You get to choose. 
And you can choose to follow Him. It's an easy thing. Christians, we need to choose every day. Choose every day. You do make a choice. Heard a preacher say one time, if God calls you and tells you to come down to this altar, you stood in that seat, you was making a choice. You choose to either come be obedient or choose to walk out that door. But you made a choice. We need to choose. Are we, are we doing what He's asked us to do? Which one? Which one are you? The good? Or the bad? So, oh, 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 oh preacher, I, I'm, 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 I'm good. I know I'm good. I'm, we all, we, every, one of us, every one of us just put ourselves in the good clause. Every one of us did. If any of you put yourself in the bad, y'all are much braver than I am. Do we choose that every time? Do we choose Him every time? Do we choose right every time? Is there anything in our heart that we need to take care of? You get a choice. You get a choice. Come get a verse of song. I don't feel like any more needs to be said or done. We'll stop there.